Wake in the morning with a dead cold sweating, shake till I get a cigarette. Tell me, doctor, must be something wrong. My mouth feels bad, my teeth are clean. My body yells out for nicotine. Can't get by without my kick along. In 1918, George Lambert wrote a letter to the Australian High Commissioner, urging him to confirm that they would indeed commission a painting by him on the charge at Beersheba. He stated, I must go on painting Palestine subjects, not because there's already a market for them than for my pre-Palestine work, but because they are fixed in my brain by the impressions received out there. Between the years 1917 to 1920, Lambert served as an official Australian war artist, chronicling the encounters of the AIF during World War I. His experiences in Egypt, Turkey and Palestine were to profoundly affect him. His wartime artworks include highly finished historical paintings, but there are also great numbers of more humbly conceived observational sketches. He painted and drew, for instance, the Palestinian landscape, the trenches, carcasses of horses strewn across the plains, camels packed for battle, the hospital wards, Anzacs bathing in the sea, and also elegant portraits of the Turks. After the war, when the works were exhibited in the War and Peace exhibition at the Royal Academy in London, the Times critic admired Lambert's landscapes and his pencil portraits that he said were done with great energy, but believed he excelled at depicting simple people, such as an Arab or a young Queenslander. There is indeed a humble quality in much of Lambert's wartime work. The image before you depicts an Australian light horseman. Usually, military portraits presented heroic images of soldiers resplendent in full military regalia, perhaps, as would be appropriate for a light horseman mounted regally on a horse. However, Lambert has refused all that pomp and artifice and has instead painted the soldier simply and tenderly. One of the great innovations of the portrait is that the subject is a non-commissioned officer. He's not a high-ranking officer or distinguished serviceman, such as a Victoria Cross winner. This is a portrait that acknowledges ordinary servicemen. Significantly, the work was not part of Lambert's official commission as a war artist, but rather an independent work painted in London after the conclusion of the war. The wirily built, gangly, carrot-topped soldier, who came across as both reserved and unpretentious, immediately connects to Australian mythology around the diggers. Lambert's depiction is closely aligned with official war correspondent H.S. Gullett's account of the Australian light horsemen. Gullett wrote of them, So far as a distinctive type has been evolved, it is, Young men long of limb and feature, spare of flesh, easy and almost tired in bearing, the light horseman, for all his unconventional ways, was at least distinguished by shyness and reserve. The young countryman leads a simple and peaceful life. He bears himself modestly. A felt slouch hat, a shirt with sleeves rolled to the elbows, long trousers. The image displays the high-key palette that Lambert so admired in the Florentine painter Botticelli, and also Lambert's outstanding draftsmanship. The composition is beautifully balanced, the hills and the horseman's shoulders folding into one another, drawing our attention up to the fellow's face, 
which has been most elegantly painted. It's sad to think that although the background looks like the dry, scrubby landscape of Australia, the soldiers were terribly far from home. Many, of course, would never make it back. For a time, Lambert seemed to have been exhilarated by his experience as war artist. On arrival in Egypt, where he reported to Major Banjo Patterson, Lambert wrote to his wife, Amy, I'm sitting in Banjo Patterson's tent. Already I have done three pieces of work, and everywhere I look there are glorious pictures, magnificent men and really top-hole Australian horses. Yet the discomfort and horror of war soon became apparent. Any exhilaration quickly turned into a sense of utter wretchedness. Lambert contracted malaria in 1918, which nearly killed him, as did a severe case of dysentery that landed him in the Australian General Hospital in Cairo for six weeks. His genetically weak heart was a constant liability, and the heat was, he wrote, a supreme test even for the Australians. It was indescribable, unendurable. Even if I had been inclined to slack myself, the example of men who never tired forced me to be up and early and paint and draw all day. He wrote to his wife, Amy, instructing her on what to do if he should die, and noted, I would like to rest my head against your very soft cheek by way of benediction. Lambert was a flamboyant and witty character, earning himself the childhood nickname Cocky Lambert for his irrepressible ways. He must have cut a distinctive figure on the war field. Australia's official war historian C.W. Bean described Lambert with the golden beard, the hat, the cloak, the spurs, the gait, the laugh and the conviviality of a cavalier. He, like many others, noted Lambert's absolute dedication to his artwork. The artist worked tirelessly in the bitter cold or scorching heat. He worked seriously. Bean remarked that he looked on himself as a soldier fulfilling a directive and that he was more sensitive than the rest of us to the tragedy or at any rate the horror of Anzac. Lambert survived the war but later wrote that it wrecked one's faith in human reasonableness and laughed hideously at love and culture. I was in it and like any other unthinking and healthy beast, took pride and unholy joy in the affair. Until towards the end, and then I saw myself and the world so changed that I knew things could never be the same again. <laughs>